Our chosen topic today is, is there hope in a pandemic? We've all lived through a recent pandemic, and we're going to reflect on that together. Bird, it, it is you. I haven't seen you for years. How are you doing? Oh, hi, Lucy. Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? How's the girls' school? Yeah, okay. How's Damo? Yeah, the same. <laughs> hey, we haven't seen each other since that Covid year at primary school. Gosh, no, we can't have. You know, I don't think we ever properly said goodbye. No, we didn't. Why was that? We were back in school by the end of the summer, weren't we? Yeah, but it was like only year one and year six, and everyone in bubbles and stuff. You and me were in different bubbles, and there weren't any end-of-year celebrations. No year six trip. No prom. Gosh, sad times. Yeah, but it was all right, really, wasn't it? Lockdown? Really? Yeah. My mum and dad were off on a real nostalgia fest last week. Like, oh, we didn't have to commute. The roads were so quiet. You could hear the bird song. Ten thousand steps every day. Blah, blah, blah. My dad even threatened to make his sourdough bread again. Sourdough bread? What's that? You know, tough on the outside, rubbery on the inside, and really, really trendy in lockdown. Never tried it. Still, apart from the sourdough, it was nice having mum and dad around more, particularly when they were furloughed. Getting that extra bit of help with the schoolwork, walks in the park together with my dad. Mind you, it was good to get back into the classroom. I missed all my friends quite a lot. How did you get on in lockdown? Pretty bad, actually. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Things didn't go so well? Nah. I think Mum and Dad were tearing their hair out, what with looking after us and doing their jobs. They were never around. We were having to access school stuff on a mobile Try doing a maths worksheet on a tiny screen. In fact, after the first couple of weeks, we gave up on schoolwork altogether. Still, I got pretty good at Call of Duty on my PlayStation. Doesn't sound like you had a good time, though. Not really. And that wasn't the worst of it. My granddad died in the first Covid wave. He was at a care home, and we never got to visit him. My mum was well cut up about it. She still gets upset, even now, three years later. Sorry, Bert. I didn't know. I bet you were glad to get back to school that summer. Well, yes, it, it was good to see some of my friends, but I feel like I got left behind with schoolwork. Even now, at my new school, I still feel like I'm running to catch up. Oh, Bert, I'm sorry to hear all that. 
Oh, gosh, I need to get back home. But, um, hey, it was good to see you again. Look, give me a call sometime, will you? I feel we need to catch up some more. Yeah, sure. Good to see you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much, Bert and Lucy. That was great, wasn't it? It just, again, shows the point that we all had very different experiences in lockdown. Everything's valid. We can be genuine here. We don't have to pretend everything is good and rosy all the time, okay? So uh, in our discussions, we can be genuine about how our experience of these things has affected us and how we've seen God in those things. So on your tables, you've got Bibles... You will, in a moment, have Bible passages. We didn't let you have a sneak peek. And some questions will be there. We're going to have about 10 minutes, okay? And discuss the questions together. And then we'll be asking for some feedback. And it's your input is what's going to make today. So um, please do feel free to say what you're thinking. All right, so we've got about 10 minutes. And then we'll get feedback. Right then. We want to hear all your words of wisdom, please. So Sarah is coming round with her roving mic. As Susan said, each table's had a different passage. So probably the way to do it is to start, if you had number one, which was called From Curse to Blessing, and was looking at Genesis. So could you perhaps begin with yours, your one sentence, please? Um, if you didn't have one, that's fine. We didn't have one. Okay. <laughs> Would, would you like to share anything from that passage that you felt was helpful or useful? We found the first challenge, which was about the fall, um, quite difficult to read and made us feel a bit uncomfortable, I think, talking about curse, perhaps, in relation to the pandemic. Okay. Table two, called Through the Valley. So that was predominantly flag and renew. So, God is a shepherd. He guards us, he protects us, and he leads us. God is here to comfort us. He stays with us in hard times. Thank you. Then we move up to Revelation. Number three, no more death or pain, this table here. So this was from Revelation 21. God will dwell with us and his reassurance. Thank you. Number four is Hoping Patiently from Romans chapter 8. We came up with the Spirit of God, helps us to pray, and um, it's, it's not one sentence, but we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you can't always get what you want in life, but with patience and prayers, with belief in God, it will come to pass. We also came up with everything in the world is getting out of control, but... This will not be the end of the world. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And then this table over here. What we put is obviously similar. Whatever suffering we have in this life, because God is faithful, we have the future promise of eternal life with him. Lovely, thank you. We've got another bit of Romans 8 next. Number five, nothing can separate us. We had a multi-clause sentence to get it all in, so... (laughs) Whatever we're going through, joy, sadness and pain, God is always with us, even if we feel alone. And there's no condemnation as we are acceptable to God through Jesus our Saviour. Thank you very much. Next we have number six, My Heart Yearns, a couple of bits from Job. 
Yeah, we had quite a heavy passage. <laughs> we said we can be honest with God. Um, suffering is not our fault necessarily, and that God is with us in all things. Thank you. Job over here as well. So our sentence was, God allows suffering in our imperfect world and nobody is immune. So it's okay to be angry at God because there is hope ultimately. We shouldn't give up in the face of challenges. Thank you very much. Number seven, next, jars of clay. Despite difficult circumstances, it is true that God is merciful and life-giving and he knows what it is to suffer and he is with us in our suffering. Thank you very much. Number eight, we're on to discipline at the back. Whatever happens, we are still God's children. We are not abandoned, even though it hurts a lot. Thank you. Our struggle against sin is real, but our Father in heaven disciplines us as his children to endure hardship, to share in his holiness. And number nine, God intended it for good. We need to trust in God that he will guide us through difficult times for example, in a pandemic, and also not to be fearful. Thank you for engaging with some of those passages. They're quite varied. Some of them, in a sense, easy to read because they're comforting and familiar. Some of them are more challenging. In a sense, what we were looking at were deeper questions here because none of those passages was actually about a pandemic. There are one or two bits about in the Bible about disease, but really they were looking at the deeper questions that we all have. The question, why? Why does this happen? Why does that not happen? Why does God allow X but stops Y? They can often lead us to question God's character. Is God really good? Or the terrifying question, is God powerless in the face of evil? I think one of the reasons this is difficult for us is because of that gap between the, the truth and experience, a gap between what we read in the Bible and what we see in the world. And I think about it like this. I think that's the gap where faith lives. That's the gap where we choose to believe in the goodness of God, where we choose to believe in the power of God where we choose to trust that he knows and works for the good, even when we can't understand, holding fast to the truth in a complicated and difficult world. There aren't any simple answers, I'm afraid, as you may have discovered reading those passages and hearing some of the feedback from the different tables. There, are no, there isn't a, a nice little bit, a little passage, little chapter that we can go to that explains all of this, but the whole Bible is shot through with these questions and with different people wrestling with them in different ways. Not all of those verses apply to every kind of suffering, but they do speak to that difficulty of how we wrestle with those questions. I think there's a wrestling that we need to do here. There's a wonderful story in Genesis where Isaac is traveling. And uh, it's not Isaac, actually, it's Jacob, isn't it? <laughs> Jacob is traveling, and overnight he wakes from a dream, and uh, an angel or uh, an appearance of God comes and wrestles with him through the night. And that's when his name changes to Israel. Israel means wrestles with God. And that sort of captures something of what it means to be God's people. It's not easy. 
Sometimes we are very angry with God. Sometimes we don't understand God. But we are with God and we learn to trust him. And ultimately, in the Bible, with these things, all roads lead to the cross. Because God's actual answer to a suffering world is not a straightforward essay, but a man hanging on a cross. A man who happens to be God's son, dying in our place, restoring a broken world, defeating the powers of evil. It's not neat and tidy, might not be the answer we're looking for, but it's the answer we need. So I tried to summarize some of the things that came up from those passages. I've got three words for you. The first is listen. God is there. We live in a world that is not as God made it. It's broken. It is cursed because of sin, because of human sin. It's broken But God is still here with us. He is the shepherd who never leaves our side. He's there with us, calling us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Sometimes the troubles we face drown out his still small voice. You may know that feeling yourselves. But he never stops speaking. So the first word is listen. The second is trust. This is even harder than learning to listen to that small voice. Trusting that God's purposes are bigger than we can imagine. That he is at work in the world, even when we can't see. In ways that we can't understand. That God is always bringing good out of evil. That God is always bringing life out of death, exactly like he did on the cross. That the glory to come far outweighs the present sufferings. It's not to minimize what is now, it is to say how glorious is the future. In the same way that Jesus' death was not the end, so this is not God's final word. This world is not the end. There is more, and it comes through the cross. So we trust. We listen, we trust, and we wait. I'm a very impatient person. And so waiting is extremely difficult for me. And waiting is particularly hard when we're in a place that is not where we'd like to be. But one day, God will remove all pain and tears and death and suffering. Just not quite yet. So we need each other. We have God helping us by his Spirit in that waiting calling us to lives of holiness, calling us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We have God's help, and we need to help one another. Job's friends were not really much of a friend to him. We need to be better friends than Job's friends. We need to weep with one another, to laugh with one another, to support one another on that journey. Because God promises us that one day all this pain will be no more. And he will live with us forever. So we live in that gap between the promises of Scripture, between the goodness of God and the struggles that we meet face to face, whether it's a a global pandemic or things that are more personal to us. We live in that gap, and that gap is where 
we have faith. That gap is where we refuse to give in to the darkness. That gap is where Jesus died on the cross for you so that you might live and that all this suffering and pain could one day be taken away. Amen.